going to say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we indeed thank you for this opportunity to come to hear from the Spirit of God, the Word of the living God. And Lord, we just thank you because we know that your Word has delivering power. Heaven and earth may pass away, but your Word will never pass away. And so, Lord, I'm asking by the Spirit of God that you will help me minister to the hearts of everyone that's here. That when we leave this place, we'll leave encouraged. We'll leave with wisdom. We'll leave with strength to stand. We'll leave with power. And Father, I thank you that signs, miracles, and wonders are already in progress to find us when we leave this place. And goodness and mercy is following us all the days of our lives. And so I decrease now so the anointing of God can feed every person the spiritual manner of your word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm going to do something very different this morning. And the topic I want to share with you are lessons from life that you can learn from. And the reason I'm sharing such a topic is because this is clergy month. And I also celebrate my personal walk with God. And when I received Jesus Christ as my personal savior in October as well. So on October the 5th of this year, uh, it turned 25 years that I have been saved. Amen. So technically now, I have been saved longer than I have been unsaved. And so what I decided to do this morning is to share with you some lessons that I've learned in my life that I know will help change your life. Amen. And so it's going to be a lot of stories in here, but I know it's going to encourage a lot of you who are sitting right here in the room. So I'm going to give you like a principle and then I'm going to share with you the story or the lesson that I learned in my life through the principle. So here's the first principle and they're not necessarily in order in terms of importance. They're just uh, principles that I'm going to give you. So here's the first one. Praying in the spirit should be a lifestyle and not a life jacket. Praying in the spirit should be a lifestyle and not a life jacket. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. And I hope to give you a biblical reference to each one of the principles. Some of them I will and some of them I'll just mention. But in Romans chapter 8, I learned this principle uh, 
Early on in my Christian walk, when I first learned how to pray in tongues, remember, I grew up Presbyterian, so they didn't teach us anything about praying in tongues. They didn't preach anything bad, nor did they teach anything good, so I was good. Because when they taught me, when I was finally taught about how to pray in the Spirit, I didn't resist it because I didn't know any, any better. Because sometimes bad knowledge can actually hurt you and not necessarily help you. And so I learned this principle of praying in the Spirit. And once I learned how to do it, I did it on a regular basis. And I'm finding that there are Christians who know how to pray in tongues and never do it. Well, in this particular case, I'm going to read Romans chapter 8. And then uh, I want to read in verse 26. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities or our weaknesses. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession or prays for us with, with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he who searches the heart, who is God, he knows what's in the mind of the Spirit. So when you're praying according to the Spirit, God knows what the Spirit of God is praying in you. He says, because he makes intercession, watch this, for the saints according to the will of God. Now keep the context of prayer in mind because the next verse says, and we know all things work together for the good of those who love the, the Lord and are called according to his purpose. In other words, when I learn how to pray in the Spirit, and I do it, I'm going to be praying the will of God, and then I can expect all things to work together for my good. And I'll never forget years ago when I was serving at another church, and we were having a conference, and uh, stayed late that night. You know, I was part of a church that, you know, we didn't believe that you had church unless you were in there for four hours. So, you know, we had a conference and it was late one night and I was the last person locking up the building. And so I'm locking up everything and I need to put the trash out. And so I was on my way to put the trash out. And at the time I had separated my keys in like two or three categories. I had a key to the church. I had a key to my house. I had keys to my car. And so uh, I went to take the trash out and it was so heavy that I put it on top of my my trunk and I drove it around to the dumpster. Well, I put the, the trash in the in the, uh, in the dumpster, and for some reason, I felt led to start speaking in tongues. Now, you understand, understand it's about 1130 at night, and I'm praying in tongues, and I'm not sure why, but I had an unction to do it, and because I did it on a regular basis, I knew that this wasn't something that I was doing purposely. In other words, I was being led by the Spirit to pray this time. And so I'm just praying in tongues, and don't know why, and I put the trash up, and uh, I had the keys to my house on top of my car, because when I picked up the trash, I put the keys up here, and uh, didn't think nothing of it, drove, and was on my way home, and I heard something go, you know, and I didn't know what it was. I'm driving, and I look at my rearview mirror, and I didn't see anything or nothing, so I just kept going, but when I got home, I didn't have any keys. Well, I figured out what that was that slid off my car. It was the keys to my house. Now, now I realize why I was praying in tongues. Because you don't know what you need to pray for as you ought, but the Spirit of God knows. And He knew I was going to need my keys. Even before I lost them. And there are some issues that may be going on in your life that God already knew what were going to happen. And if you just stay in a prayerful mode, God has already uh, given you a way out of escape. 
And so I'm on my way, and I figured out. So I decided to go back the route that I came. I went to the church, opened it back up, looked around for my keys, couldn't find them, went to the dumpster, couldn't find them. And finally I said, well, that's what that was that slid off my car. So I got back on the highway, and it was on 360 here, and I'm driving. And it's about maybe 1 o'clock or 1.30 now. So I'm driving, and I couldn't find my keys, and I'm driving slow on 360, about 40 miles an hour. How many know you still ain't going to find them at 40 miles an hour <laughs> at nighttime? So I'm driving, and I did that three times. And finally, I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'll just knock on the door, wake my wife up, and all the keys that was on my key, I'll just have them remade, even though that is so inconvenient, right? And so the Lord said, nope, turn around. Turn around, get back on the highway. And he said, this time, I just want you to follow me. So I get on the highway, and so I'm driving, and he says, slow down. It was, I was going about now 30 miles an hour. And then he says, now, get over on the shoulder, you know, the shoulder where you, when something happens to your car. He said, get over on the shoulder and drive real slow. So I'm on the shoulder now, driving real slow. Now, it's pitch dark outside. But I'm still praying in, the to- in tongues. Oh, bullshit, I got up, oh, sundown. And now I'm praying real hard because I know what I need. <laughs> so I'm praying. And, and then finally he says, now, slow down, slow down. Now, stop. So I stop. He says, now, get out of the car. I get out of the car. And my lights were shining right there on my keys. So here's the lesson. Why wait until something bad is happening in your life when you can make praying a lifestyle and not a life jacket? Amen. All right. So that's lesson number one. I'm going to keep going. Hopefully I can get a lot in here. All right. Here's the next one. uh, Next lesson that I learned. Go to Mark chapter 11. Go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. I learned that your faith is exposed by what comes out of your mouth. You can say you have faith, but the real way for you to know where your faith is, is by listening to what you say. Now, in Mark chapter 11, we know the story. This is when Jesus was uh, hungry and he went to the fig tree in verse 13. It says, and he saw a fig tree afar off, having leaves, And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. Verse 14. And Jesus answered and said to it. Jesus answered the tree. He spoke to a situation that was contrary to what he wanted. And that's what most people don't do. They actually talk about the situation instead of talking about what they want to see. The Bible says, call those things that be not as though they were. So you can't keep talking about what it is. You got to say what it was. That's a Louisiana there, right there. But I want you to see Jesus' response. He spoke to the tree. He says, no man eat fruit from you hereafter. And his disciples heard it he spoke it out loud because if you're having faith for something you should not be ashamed to say it out of your mouth and so in verse 20 it says and in the morning so a whole 24 hours went by in the morning they passed by they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots because when you're operating by faith faith always starts at the root and when you affect the roots you will affect the fruits Many of us are examining the fruit instead of taking authority over the root. And so here, 
They saw that it dried up from the root. But I want you to see that what he did was an expression of faith. He says in verse 22, and Jesus answering said to them, he says, have faith in God. Now, another translation says, have the God kind of faith. And he says, this is how you have that kind of faith. For verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say. So you can know where your faith is by what you say every day. You can know if you have faith towards God's delivering plan for your finances, if your mouth is confessing what his word says about it. You can know if God wants to deliver your marriage or not by what you say. Amen. Just because your, your, your job is not issuing raises this year doesn't mean you shouldn't get one. One of our members, uh, uh, they were listening to my Faith 101 series and I had told them, whatever you want to see God do in your life, you need to have some works Behind your faith to show him what you want. And so uh, they used to get their check. And see, y'all, are, y'all know the story. But when we first started our church, one of the ways that I believe God for increase is when we would get, they would give me the receipt from what was deposited. I would scratch out the amount that was deposited and write down the amount that I wanted to see. And so this, this member heard me say that. So they scratched, every time they got their check, they would scratch out what the check amount said and write down what they wanted. Well, guess what? Finally, they realized one day after getting their check, the exact number that they had scratched out and wrote down was the exact number now that was in the box with they, when they got their check. In other words, they start making what they wrote. So then they were in my office about a month ago and she tells me the story in front of her husband. I was like, wow, that's great. And she was like, you know what? I don't know why I haven't done that now. I want some more money. So in front of me, in front of me, she had a copy of her check stub. She scratched out the number that she used to have and she started writing down a new number. Well, she called me last week and says, Pastor, you will not believe this. I said, what? She said, you remember I scratched out that number in your office and I wanted to make another amount? I said, yeah. She said, I walked into work today and they gave me a raise. Watch this. And they had already said they were issuing no more raises. I said, it may not be no raise for the devil's children, but there's always increase for God's children. Jesus said, whatsoever you say or whosoever shall say to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea and don't doubt in your heart. But believe that the things that you say shall come to pass. You will have whatsoever you say. If you notice your faith is expressed by the words that you speak. And many of us are saying nothing. Nothing from nothing, leave nothing. How many know a hundred times zero is still zero? Amen. So you have to activate your faith. He goes on to say, therefore I say unto you what things soever you desire. Watch this, here we go. When you what? Pray. Believe you receive what you pray for and you shall have them. Your words are like putting a deposit down on something in the layaway. 
Listen, the layaway is real. The items you put in the layaway are real. When you put that deposit down, which is called prayer, when you go in your closet, he says, when you go, he says, believe you receive. When I leave my prayer closet, I leave with a receipt. When you go, how many been uh, put something layaway before? Let me see here. See, some uh, young people, a layaway is when you didn't have enough money to buy something and you go to the store and they have a layaway plan where you give them a little money and they'll hold what you wanted and then you keep paying on it and you get it. Well, guess what? When you put something in the layaway, they give you a receipt with your balance. Well, when you go in your prayer closet and you pray and you believe that you receive right then, when you walk out of your prayer closet, your receipt is the word. So when the circumstances are contrary to what you prayed for in your closet, you don't cry. You pull the word out and say, oh, I got a receipt on that. Husband acting up, oh, I got a receipt on that. Kids acting up, oh, I got a receipt on that. Body acting up, oh, I got a receipt on that too. You got to control your mouth. Here's what else I learned. I learned that faith and patience will position you for the promise. Faith and patience. See, you can't just have faith. Everybody has that. But you have to exercise faith. Go to Hebrews chapter, uh, Hebrews chapter 6 real quick. Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6. And then we're going to look at verse 12. Hebrews 6, 12. I just want to give you the biblical principle on this. Hebrews 6, 12. It says here, through faith and patience. Are you there? Hebrews chapter 6, look at verse 12. It says that you be not slothful, but followers of those who through faith and what else? Patience, what? Inherit the promises. God's not withholding something he wants you to have. Sometimes you have to have patience for that promise to come. And see, what you got to learn sometimes is to wait it out. You're not just waiting. uh, See, because you can wait and then you can patiently wait. Waiting is just saying, I can't wait. You know how you be in line you don't want to be in line? And then somebody speaks to you, how you doing? Praise the Lord. No, patience is waiting because you know that God's going to come through. And that's what happened when we had Landon. We had a promise. He said, listen, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. He said, what things soever you desire. He said, I'll give you the desires of your heart. We had a desire for one more kid. Just one more. But then all eyes looked like it was against us. But I knew that faith along with patience, watch this, equals the promise. And so we just stayed in faith. And how do you know if you're in faith? By listening to what you say and then watching the works that you display. Listen to what you say and watching the works that you display. In other words, you just can't sit around and do nothing because faith without works is dead. So we had to continue to practice. Y'all are kind of slow this morning. We had to practice, but we had to also 
stand with some patience. And we did everything we could in the natural. And as we did everything in the natural that we could, it showed God that we had the works and the faith to receive the promise. And even though the doctor said we couldn't have a baby, our body said we couldn't have the baby, and, and, and we couldn't look at that. Because at the end of the day, let me tell you what we did. We bought a Build-A-Bear. Y'all know what Build-A-Bear is? We bought a Build-A-Bear. We bought two because she wanted twins, but I didn't want twins. So we had one. I mean, we had two, but, you know, I was just believing for one of those. Because two landings right now, I don't know what we would do. But even with the doctor staring us in the face saying, you can't have any kids. Your wife is not ovulating and you don't have enough uh, soldiers marching in your army, sir. <laughs> what he didn't realize is I, I have done this before. I had a 10-year-old to prove it. So once I've done something one time, who are you to say I can't do it again? I looked at that man and I said, I'll see you on the other side. Because, see, it, I, it don't take a million soldiers to get one. All it takes is one soldier to produce another soldier. And here we are today with a three-year-old son because we had faith and patience to wait. All right, here's the next one. Here's the next one. Praise pushes the, uh, praise pushes doors of prosperity open. Or I'm going to say it a different way. Praise pushes open doors of, of prosperity. In other words, your praise has the ability to push prosperity doors open. You say, well, Pastor, I don't believe that. Go to Psalm 67. Go to Psalm 67. And I'm just telling you some lessons that I have learned over my 25 years of being a believer. Psalm 67. Many of you don't know that your mouth is the key to your rescue. Psalm 67, look now in verse, it says in verse 3. He says, let all the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. Verse 5. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. And when you praise him, he says, then the earth shall yield or open up her increase. And when you praise God, even your own God shall do what? Bless you. You want a blessing? Begin to praise him. See, we wait for him to do it before we praise him. When the opposite is true, you praise him and then he blesses you. It says when you praise, you open up the earth to give you what God wants you to have. And I'll never forget, I was in a car wreck years ago, and here it is, we were going to court, and I promise you they changed that court date six or seven times. Finally, I got fed up. I was like, look, Lord, I don't know what's going on. You said you're working together for my good, but I'm telling you, I'm tired of them changing this court date. And I was reading this verse, and then it jumped out on me. He says, Evan, you ain't had no court date because you ain't praising me. I said, what you say? He said, the earth has not opened up its increase because you need to praise me. 
Now, one of the translations when you see praise, it means yada. But yada, when you look it up, also means to throw rocks. I said, okay, I need to praise to throw some rocks at some enemies. So we all got together and we started, you know, I gave instruction. Okay, we're going to all praise the Lord verbally out loud. We're going to yada. My wife yada. Heaven was about three. I taught her how to yada on the way to school because, you know, I took her to school. And, and so I said, heaven, we're going to praise the Lord. And I, I said, well, let me see you do it. She said, praise the Lord. <laughs> so every day we praise the Lord. About three weeks or so went by, and not only did we not have to go to court, but my attorney got a call from the opposing attorney and said, listen, we don't even want to go to court. We will give him maximum of that lady's premium, and it gave us $100,000 just from praising. See, some of y'all need to start praising right now. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you. They may not be bringing raises at work, but I thank you now for the earth opening up its increase for me. I thank you that I can control my prosperity with the position of my mouth. Amen. I'm telling you, when your back is up against the wall, instead of letting those tears flow, you need to let your praises flow. Man, you need to show the devil who's God in your life. Don't let your feelings control you. You need to let your faith control you. And you get in, you say, Lord, I thank you. If you can deliver Paul, if you can deliver David, if you can cause him to win, then you can cause me to win. You say, hey, listen, you always cause me to triumph in Christ Jesus. I'm not a loser. I'm a winner. Even if the round is up, I'm going to add another round. We're going to round 16, devil. I'm going to wait you out. And while I'm waiting, I'm going to praise. Man, you got, you got to take this thing serious, man. Stop crying. I'm talking to somebody. Stop crying. Open your mouth up and say, Lord, you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You are the Prince of Peace. You are Jehovah Shalom. You are Jehovah Shammah, who's always there. You are working things together for my good, even though I can't see it. Man, you got to get some tough skin about yourself. Hallelujah. Y'all sit down. Man. You got to know. You got to know. Come on, just get up right now. Just praise him right now. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. Open up every door that you need open in 2012. Cause men to give unto our bosom in the name of Jesus. If you are for us, who can be against us? We bless you right now, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man. 
Hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. Here's something else I learned. You got to believe in the mouthpiece of God who he's put in your life. Go to, go to 2 Chronicles quickly. Second, oh, man, we are out of time. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles 20. See, let me explain something to you. God has designed for you to grow and be encouraged by the pastor he puts in your life. If I could get any believer to see, because there are certain things that can accelerate your growth. And that's why the devil's smart to just try to make sure that whatever offense and issue you have with your pastor or with your church or whatever, to to unplug you from the faith socket that he's put you in, man, he'll do it. And I'll never forget, uh, in 2 Chronicles 20, are you there? Look in verse 20. There's my clock. 2 Chronicles 20, 20. This is what it says. It says, And they rose up early in the morning, and they went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat, He stood up and he said, hear me, O Judah. This is Pastor Evan standing up saying, hear me, O word of truth, family church, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. But he says, that's not all. He says, but you need to believe in the prophet and you. Let me tell you something. When we were buying our house last year, See, you got to remember sometimes that, that when, when opposition comes, it's just an opportunity for you to exercise your faith. See, weariness is a sign or it should be a reminder to us that due seasons is around the corner. He said, be not weary and well-doing because due season is coming and it'll flourish if you don't faint. So I don't let weariness or I don't allow things that are negative to push me down. All I do is allow it to be a reminder that there's a due season around here somewhere. And man, I tell you what, we in our faith walk buying this house. And so we sold the house that we had. Y'all know the story. And you know, we sold the house and everybody's like, oh yeah, we can finance your new house and blah, blah, blah. Man, we sell our house and then all of a sudden they can't do it. So that, I'm like, oh my God, they're asking me for 10 more percent. Oh my God, it took me a lifetime to save the 10 I got. And then all of a sudden, because you know, the devil know when, when he's trying to get you. So that's why multiple problems come in your life at one time. Because all he's trying to do is knock you out. He ain't just trying to knock you down, he's trying to knock you out. So he knew that was weighing heavily upon me, especially with us staying in, a, in the Fairfield Inn. In a room where all my chillings are running around and feel like we had a hundred kids. And then he started talking to me about, see, that's why you ain't got no building for your church either. See, that's why you still, I mean, he was wearing me out. And I started listening. You right. And man, I got down. 
Listen, I don't get down. I can count how many times on one hand I done been down. And man, I got down, down, down. So I went to my wife. I said, babe, I, I'm, just, I'm discouraged. And she, she, and my pastor was going to be in town speaking at manpower. And so my wife, she, she ain't never seen me hardly down that much. So she knew if this brother say he down, we better call 911. <laughs> and she was like, babe, you need to go hear Bishop Hillier tonight. And I was like, no, because see, the flesh don't want to do nothing spiritual. That's why when you don't feel like coming, you need to get your flesh. Oh, you're going. You're going. I was like, I don't feel like going, though, babe. I, I don't want to fight the traffic. You know how the potter's house traffic is, and I don't want to go to the, then I got to find a seat, and I'm not even registered. I mean, I gave all these excuses. He said, listen, you need to go hear your pastor tonight. She says, I'll make a phone call to pastor. You know, we have some connections. She said, I'll call him and, and all this kind of stuff. And long story short, I said, okay, I'm just going to get up. And I mean, I will drag him. See, when you tell Landon that he can't do something, this is Landon's posture. Well, I got dressed just like that. I got there, and the line was, I mean, the traffic was killer. So I drove up. I said, uh, I'm the guest of so-and-so. They just let me in. I parked right up next to the building. Then I got in there. I saw some brothers of mine that are part of the whole covering thing with Bishop Hill. They didn't know I was down. I mean, I was down, down, down. And man, but see, I was down, but I was receptive. And I said, Lord, I don't know what you're going to say through my man of God, but I know it's going to help me. I can't feel no worse than where I am right now. And do you know my pastor gave stories I already knew? He said things I had already heard. But man, there was a spiritual injection that took place. Somehow, some way, God through that man of God said something and it just registered in me. And when I walked out, I walked out with another, I didn't walk out like I walked in. I walked out knowing that the problem was fixed. I didn't know how, I didn't know. And so the next day I had a meeting with my family. I'm closing right here. Next day, I sat down with everybody. This is true. You can verify it. I said, listen, I know I'm saved. I know God told me to go to Bible school. I know God told me to marry mommy. And I know God wanted us to have y'all as kids. And I know that we were supposed to start Word of Truth Family Church. And just like I know those things, I know that house is ours. I don't know how God's going to do it, but I'm going to trust. And listen, right after that now, God deposits some wisdom. And then after he gave some wisdom, he released some favor. Because see, favor can get you further sometimes than finances can get you. And I needed some favor that day. So I'm going to have to stop right here. I know because I have about 10 
that's okay. I'm going to preach something different in the second service. So y'all can just listen when you go home, listen to the podcast, because I'll probably say some different stuff in there, because I'm going to get all these points out. Y'all know I'm going to do that, right? But I think at the end of the day, what God wants to do in your lives today is to let you know I'm still here. If I did it before, I can do it again. David said, oh, I slew a bear and I slew a lion. Then I can sly, I can kill this Goliath. Listen, God's brought you out of worse than where you are now. Why are you down? He said, why are you cast down, oh, my soul? Put your trust in God. Because he's well able to deliver. Can somebody give the Lord a hand clap this morning? Hallelujah. With every head bowed, every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here this morning.